Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. One night the Lord broke through and thundered in my spirit and said, Susie, if I healed you, would you praise me? And I said, till the cows come home, you wouldn't be able to shut me up. I will praise you with my last breath, Lord. And he thundered back, why? because I gave my one and only son to die a brutal death so that you could live forever with me or simply because you got your way. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained. And Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinapereira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me. She is a best-selling author, a national speaker, and host of the popular radio show, Susie Larson Live. And she is the author of the new book, Closer Than Your Next Breath. I have with me here today, Susie Larson. Susie, welcome to the podcast. What a great honor to meet you and be on your show. And just the fellowship we had prior to going on air was just priceless. So, so good to meet you and so good to be with you. Oh, it's so good to meet you and so good to be with you. I love meeting other, I guess, podcaster, radio hosts and I just absolutely love that. And I've loved reading through your book and hearing your story. And I'm so happy to connect with you. I've told our listeners a lot about you. Can you share something personal just to help get to know you? Well, my mentor would say I have an upfront ministry with a behind the scenes heart. I'm truly mm-hmm. an introvert. <laughs> I tease that I could be a monk. You know, I love solitude. And also I worked in the fitness industry for about 12 years. And so as someone who's battled some chronic health issues, off and on for three decades. And you and I are going to talk more about that, about God's healing power. But just my love for health and wholeness and even fitness, I feel like we're so fearfully and wonderfully made. So for me, a hobby is stretching or working out or getting on my bike. And it's like, to me, an offering of praise every time because of where I've come from, what I've battled. I'm just so grateful for that. 
Mm, I love that so much. You know, one of my favorite things to do is worship and work out. I yeah. feel like <laughs> nothing gets it flowing much yep. like that. <laughs> yes. Such a gift. It is so good. Well, since this is revealing Jesus, I have to ask you how you met our beautiful Savior Jesus. Mm. Well, first of all, I love the title of your podcast. And uh, I have to give a little context and backstory for you to understand the unbelievable gift that God gave me. I was raised in a large family. I was fifth of seven kids and raised in a denomination where I knew God was real, but I didn't know Jesus was accessible. I knew God was real. I felt his presence as a child, and I was a people pleaser and a rule follower, but I never heard the gospel, didn't know Jesus was accessible. That's just the way it was. And when I was nine years old, I experienced a sexual trauma at the hands of some teenage boys. And my dad was a public figure. He was the mayor of our city. So I got up from that experience terrified that would bring some shame on our family. And I didn't tell anybody, but it opened up a canyon of fear, self-hatred, insecurity, constantly, you know, bracing for impact, wondering if something else was going to happen. When I was 10 years old, I was walking home from school and I had to cross a baseball field to get home. And a different group of boys were hanging out in the baseball dugout. And all I heard was, get her. They ran out of the dugout. They ran me down, knocked me to the ground and pummeled me, beat me real bad. And I know in my adult mind now that they were high because they had this crazed look in their eyes as they laughed wildly, as they kicked me in the stomach and punched me in the face and pulled fistfuls of hair out. And I'm screaming and crying and they're laughing and beating me up for sport. And I was just a like a four wow. foot little girl, you know? And wow. when they were done, I remember it like it was yesterday. They pushed off of me and were laughing as they walked away going, do you believe we just did that? And I had a fat lip and scratches on my face and snarled hair and a sore gut and sore ribs. And I mean, they literally rung my bell and I got up so traumatized. And I heard in my ear, not audibly, but I heard in my ear, I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. So at that moment, uh, I knew the devil was real. And when I'm speaking at women's conferences, I always say that the devil sees your potential long before you ever do. Mm -hmm. And his threat against you is exactly connected to your threat to him. You're such a threat to him that he preempts an attack and threatens you. And uh, so, of course, this opened up so much fear in my life. And when I got into middle school, junior high school, those years, I was a decent athlete. So I was a gymnast. I could sing okay. So I sang in the choir. I helped out in the office. And I did all of these things because I normally would. That's Those are things of how God wired me. But I was striving to kind of prove my worth because I was the most insecure for fearful person I knew. And I often say that when you don't know who you are, you will misuse your time, treasure, and talents to prove something that Jesus has already proven. And I just think that's true, even for seasoned believers who don't know they're loved. But I was about eighth grade. And let me just say this. My mom was amazing. She, with seven kids, that she would make us each feel so loved, like we were the only child. You know, she was an amazing mom. And my dad was busy and a little bit distant, but he did his best to keep our family fed and together. But I was especially close to my mom. And I was eighth grade, leaving the house to go to a slumber party. And my mom said, jokingly, teasingly, now don't sneak out and meet boys. And I stopped in my tracks. And I mean, I instantly felt the fist in my gut and felt like, well, first of all, that's the last thing I would ever do. I would not put myself in that position. But it brought up my secret. You know, parents in my family all knew I had been beaten because I came home beat up. But she didn't know about the thing that happened before then. And I, I stopped and I thought, 
I got to tell her, I got to come clean. I love her so much. I don't want to keep secrets from her, but I wasn't even sure how I'd phrase it or whose fault it was. And I thought this could forever change my relationship with my mom. So in that moment, I just stopped and I turned around and said, mom, I I won't, I won't. And then I left and uh, went to this slumber party and we did what girls do at slumber parties. We ate Doritos and we danced to the Beach Boys, which tells you how old I am. But (laughs) if you don't know who the Beach Boys are, Google them. But anyway, it was a girl's sleepover slumber party, but it got to be late. I don't know, about 10 o'clock. And the girls decided to sneak out to meet boys. And I literally thought I was going to throw up. And, you know, just young girls don't know what they're yeah. doing when they're putting themselves in a position like that and going yeah. out in the streets in the dark to meet guys. Some they knew, some they didn't. But there's just no way I was going. And so I stayed back with the two girls who smoked, which I like to joke, like that was the better choice. But they weren't smoking at that point, (laughs) but they were a little rough around the edges, but they didn't want anything to do with me. They were sitting in their sleeping bags at one end of the basement. I was on the other. And they went to the local Catholic school for education. And they were sitting there mocking what the nun had taught them that week out of the book of Revelation. And they were about end times. And they're like, oh, as if that's going to happen. And they were making fun of some of the signs of the times like when the seals and the judgments, you know, open up and are unleashed on the earth and they were making fun of it. Well, I'd never heard anything like that before. And yet I'd known God's presence. Right. So Mm -hmm. I went out on the picnic table. I looked up at the stars and just prayed this very simple prayer. God, I know you're real, but if there's more to you than what I know, would you make yourself real to me? I literally said this. I said, I'm going to start reading the Bible. I think it's kind of boring, but if you can snazz it up, we got a deal. <laughs> and I, I always picture God rubbing his temples going in on a technicality. I mean, we got to take her, right? But I, I was part of a denomination where it wasn't looked kindly upon for you to read the scriptures on your own. And uh, so mm-hmm. in here, I'm a rule follower, but I had to know him. Mm-hmm. So under my bedsheet with a flashlight, I would read the gospels. Wow. And I fell in love with Jesus. The Holy Spirit himself wooed me to himself. And I bet you I asked Christ to be my savior a thousand times in case the others didn't take because I had no (laughs) spiritual foundation. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't understand, but I understood the need for a savior that Jesus did that for me. And at that point, I learned that I was saved, but I still didn't know that I was loved. And I don't know if it was the next year, but I think I was probably ninth or 10th grade. I learned about a Bible study in the next community. And this man who's just unpacking the scriptures in a way that brings them to life. And so I lied to my parents and said I was going to the library. And I did. I'm like, I'm going to go to the library in the next community. Okay. So I would go sit at his feet and I fell in love with the word of God. And I would come home glowing. And my mom's like, how's the library? And I'm like, this whole family needs the library. Uh, But (laughs) that's really where I forged my faith as far as just falling in love with the word, because I, I really didn't have like a spiritual community around me. And I will tell you all these years later, Almost everybody in my family is saved, and we have a huge family. Like salvation has come through our family in the most beautiful way, and uh, wow. it's really, really powerful. But I'll just tell you, jump ahead, young adult, married a, a man who'd been raised in the evangelical church, and I had so much passion for Jesus. I was released to run after him the way I wanted to. I envisioned Christian plaques on every wall, you know, Bible and every translation. And I'm like, let me at him. I just was so <laughs> passionate. And in church, I was serving on five committees. You know, I just was like so excited about God. But again, I knew I was saved. I still didn't know I was loved. And we got pregnant early on in our marriage, found out I had something called endometriosis. And they said, you will need a hysterectomy in your 20s. So you need to have kids now or you won't. So my middle son, I was on bed rest for three months. 
there was a traumatic birth there with the third son. I was on bed rest for six months with a one and a three-year-old. And if you can imagine having identity issues, having issues around fear, insecurity, wondering if you're secure in the heart of God's love, all of that stuff surfaced going to bed for six months and calling in every friend favor, six months with a one and a three-year-old. We were going financially broke. My friends had their health and their wealth and we had neither. And all of my fears and insecurities were coming up because I couldn't perform to earn my Mm -hmm. way. I couldn't pay back all the favors. It was confronting every insecurity. Mm -hmm. And three months into that bed rest, my doctors knew I was feeling pretty down. And they said, okay, let's just test the water. So I got up, met my old college roommates for uh, a lunch and an easy walk. It was a fall day and it proved to be too much. So I was back in bed that night. And two weeks from that outing, I was still on my left side, drinking my water, trying to postpone labor. I had a few months to go in this pregnancy. So I think I was about six months along. And a friend said, well, hey, can I get your water bottle? And I said, sure. And I pointed and pins and needles shot out my arm. And she uh-huh. kept talking and all of a sudden a buzzing, pulsating feeling started at the base of my skull. And it pulsed around to my whole face was pulsating and buzzing with numbness. And then my eyes, my vision started to blur and the room started to move and my brain st- wasn't working. I was having word find issues and things like that. And neurological fireworks took off in my body. And I had three months of bed rest left. And so to have these overlapping crises happen, again, when my friends were having the best time of their life, I literally thought God lost my address or he changed his mind about me. The word Mm -hmm. felt dead on the page. And uh, long story short, I, I delivered Jordan. My health plummeted. At first, they thought it was MS or a brain tumor. And a year later, diagnosed Lyme disease. I'd unknowingly been bit by the deer tick my one day up. Mm -hmm. And there came the lie again. I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. And so my faith was forged in the fire, but I know God better than I knew him before. I know his word. I know the enemy's predictable patterns. And this trial has not been wasted on me. And the miraculous Mm -hmm. ways God has intervened in my story make me love him so much. I'm still standing. And I feel like I am a miracle work in progress because I was so sick. And then I had a pretty massive relapse eight years ago. Apparently people with chronic Lyme have an incapacity to process mold. And I had repeated black mold exposure unknowingly that attacked my brain. And so the relapse was worse than the first round. And I'm working my way out of that. But again, in all of that, those are the places where God unearthed the lies that I picked up when life let me down and implanted truth when I needed it. And he's the strength of my heart. He's the, my portion forever. And he allowed me to experience his presence. He spoke to me in revelatory ways and has taught me how to navigate even the silent seasons, remembering that he is who he says he is, whether those things feel true or not. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm So sorry that you went through all of that, but I know God is so gracious and so good. And I know that he has done a marvelous work in your life. And I just see you, I I know that you have the Susie Larson radio show and what an incredible testimony to broadcast to so many people, the goodness of God in the face of such adversity. Yeah, he's precious. He's near, near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. And, you know, I I told you off the air when we were praying that my son, my youngest son, was miraculously medically healed from a severe back injury that would have left him partially disabled. I know that we serve a God who still heals, but I will tell you my opinion. I have a problem with A plus B always equals C because the path to healing isn't always a straight one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some who are healed as they go. 
And I will tell you, I had so much baked in fear and insecurity mm-hmm. into the infrastructure of my system that if he would have zapped my physical body, my soul would have still been in disarray. There was so much entangled in the trauma that I'd experienced that my healing, you know, precision of a surgeon, he has led me on the healing path. And so, mm-hmm. again, I don't see my story as any less miraculous, although I would love your prayer. I'm holding out for full healing, symptom freedom, full nights of sleep. I'm believing that for myself, but I worship him and I thank him that there is a mystery to his ways, but we know that he's good. Mm-hmm. He is so good. You know, I think he is so gracious and so kind that he knows uh, each and every fiber of our beings and he knows how to lead us yeah each way that each one of us needs led and i'm so thankful for the power of the testimony though because every time we share our testimony we open the door for someone else to grab hold of that and believe and Amen. so that's simply all that we do we just hold out an offering and I'm so thankful for the people that God's put in my life. He sat me next to people at conferences and they're like, oh, I have Lyme. And I'm like, oh, guess what? Mm. <laughs> Let me just mm. pray for that. <laughs> Love it. But he's so good. And he has a way of orchestrating our lives in such a way that leaves us with the mystery, but also with the awe and the wonder when we are able to look back and see, oh my gosh, you did this. You brought me through that and you brought me to this moment, to this place where I could be here and I could receive and I could be with you. Amen. And I'm so thankful. And he's so good. And so your book, Closer Than Your Next Breath, it really focuses on the presence of God. You know, I am a Holy Spirit-filled believer and I find so many misconceptions out there about the presence of God. So let's talk about a couple of those today. Would you like to do that? Sure. Okay. So, you know, it's so interesting. We've been talking about God drawing near and his presence transforming us. We've talked about your healing journey. And again, on my healing journey as well, it took five years until I came to the point where I was radically healed. But during my time and during your 30-year journey, There were places where God has healed our heart and rooted out some of those lies that we were believing. Can you talk about some of those lies that you were believing in the places where God had to heal your soul? Absolutely. You know, one of them, I was in a van with a bunch of college students and coming home from college, and we were kind of half reading, half talking to the other students. And I was reading a Watchman Nee book. I don't remember the title or even what it was I read, but I had an encounter with God. The presence of God moved in. To such a degree, it was like I was the only one there. I was so undone. I mean, truly, it was like my life passed before my eyes, this real. And I realized how everything I had done was to rescue my sense of self-worth. And I learned that in that moment, you know, insecurity is just another form of selfishness. And the holiness of God pressed in so deep. It's like you can think of people who are just decadent in their sin. They're blatant. They're indulgent. And when we think of sinfulness, that's what we think of. And that is, of course, accurate. But we don't often think of coddling our fears or holding fast to insecurity as something to repent of, but I really do. I mean, when I think of the Israelites, a lot of scholars believe that their fears became rebellious. They started out fearful because they had trauma of captivity, but it was so baked in, even though God affirmed his love again and again, and they refused to let his love enter their hearts. Hebrews says the promise didn't benefit them because it wasn't met by faith. And we have a a responsibility. And I felt like in that moment, 
that even my best efforts to save myself were filthy righteous rags, as scripture said. I mean, I literally mm-hmm. saw it for what it was and I could not talk for three days. I mean, I, my tears started to stream and my friends are like, are you okay? And I'm like, I, I, I can't talk because I was afraid if I say a word, I will diminish the holiness of this moment. And it was just this purifying, refining time. And there was another time as a young mom with this disease, the worst symptoms were in the middle of the night. It was so terrifying because I can't remember if you said this while we were on the air here, if you said it when you and I were just talking, but the terror and trauma of this kind of illness mm-hmm. as a young person and the yeah. prospects of your future and the unpredictable nature of it. And when it's going after your brain and your nervous system, it's absolutely terrifying. And yes. we were going completely broke because of me, three little yep. boys. My husband was exhausted. And again, the contrast was my friends had health and their wealth and it was never lost on me. They were taking trips, building additions, and we were army crawling. And I was devastated by my life and cried every night, God, oh God, if not for me, for them, please. And it felt like my prayers just bounced off the ceiling and landed back on me. Like, what have I done? And I even had people say, a loving God wouldn't let this much happen to a person unless you were hiding sin. If you just come clean, this Mm -hmm. would all go away. And yeah. You know how helpful that was. I, right. I felt like I was searching my heart constantly. Is there anything in me, Lord? And uh, it just was like the heavens were silent. But one night the Lord broke through and thundered in my spirit and said, Susie, if I healed you, would you praise me? And I said, till the cows come home, you wouldn't be able to shut me up. I will praise you with my last breath, Lord. And he thundered back. Why? Because I gave my one and only son to die a brutal death so that you could live forever with me or simply because you got your way. Are you a new believer in Jesus and don't know where to start? First, let me say welcome to the family of God. It's so important to anchor yourself in the gospel and the finished work of Jesus. This powerful workbook includes foundational gospel truths to anchor your heart in new covenant reality and interactive journaling prompts to begin your relationship with Jesus. This workbook includes teaching based on the Word of God. It will help you understand precisely why you need a Savior, what Jesus has done for you, your new creation life in Him, and how to have a relationship with Him. Journal through the pages to dive deep into the heart of God for you as His child and increase your faith as you learn about our beautiful Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of New Believer Workbook foundational gospel truths to begin your relationship with Christ Jesus today. Links in the show notes, or you can pick up a copy at Amazon or christinapereira.org slash store. And let me just say this, when the Lord's presence, when there's a manifest present moment, if you search scripture and even in your own life, God is very often addressing lordship issues, identity issues. You need an upgrade in faith, or he's giving you a trajectory change of your purpose, but he thunders into our world and our story, and we've got a decision to make, right? If we're going to respond to him or respond to our fears. And in that moment, I realized that my relationship with God as a young person of the faith, a young mom, a young wife battling such a wretched illness my relationship with God was transactional. It was everything about what he could do for me because, you know, and he wants us to cry out. He wants us to lament, but I still didn't know him. And I rolled out of bed. I I was in utter repentance. I tore my shirt. I was sleeping in boxes. and I was like, oh, have mercy, God. And I went face down and said, Lord, if you never heal me, I will hate it. But I'm going to follow you on your terms and not mine. Mm-hmm. And out of that moment came this poem. And if it's okay with you, if I could share it, it's in the book and I'll do it from memory, but it, it set his lordship straight for me. Is it okay mm-hmm. if I share? 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. Goes like this. I walked through many storms. My prayers were filled with tears. The enemy was so big, confirming all my fears. To a distant God, I would ever cry. Just wanting an answer, always asking why. Yet heard I not from him, nor his angels singing. Twas all that I could do, his robe to keep on clinging. Then suddenly one night, as I beckoned him to be, so real that I could feel him, he finally spoke to me. Said he, my daughter Susie, I love you with my life. No more would I ever hurt you than be the cause of your strife. It's something how I'm good to those whose life is fair and to those whose life is hard. I never hear their prayer. It's something how men see me according to their need. Instead of praise and faith, they ask and beg and plead. I am a God who doesn't change with time, nor change I with the season. I don't have to explain myself nor give you detailed reason. I've given all that I could give when I gave to you my son. I've emptied out myself for you as if you were the only one. What I do, I do for you because I love you so. What I allow, I allow for you because I want you to grow. In faith, praise, and trust, you will find you are strong. When demands are replaced by a faith-filled praise song, it is there you'll find peace where there once was strife, and it'll be just enough to have me in your life. And Christina, that moment needed to happen for me because I was mm-hmm. hearing so many different theologies around getting God to do what you want him to do, but he's mm-hmm. Lord. He's not to be trifled with. He's the one who spoke and the heavens came to be. He breathes at the blast of his breath. The bottom of the ocean can be seen and a proper reverence of God is really needed. And for mm-hmm. me to be so transactional, where it was really all about what I wanted him to do. And again, not to confuse that. If you're in a tough season, cry out to God, pray about everything. Scripture says lament, but hidden in those places, if we're not careful, we're accusing God of things the devil's guilty of. We mm-hmm. get a narrative in our minds that puts God on the spot and we need to have a right view of who he is. So that was another one of those moments where he broke through and he spoke to me. And then there was one more where, I mean, there's been plenty, but the three that I talk Mm -hmm. about in the book that were just sort of trajectory shifters for me as someone, and you talked about this before the show, that when you battle the way we've battled, you're healed now and I'm on my way. But when I was in the thick of it, if someone would get a cold, I would get bronchitis. It was just Mm -hmm. like my immune system was so always compromised. So I had a speaking event where I was speaking six times in two days and I gotten exposed to a cold and it turned into this deep chest cold. This is way, way pre-COVID. So nobody thought anything of me showing up with a bad cold, but my hip was out of joint too. So I was like swinging my leg. <laughs> I joked that the only thing I was missing was a hump on my back because it's like oh. I had this red nose and this bum leg and oh my <laughs> word, I was quite the picture. And I'm sitting in this beautiful chapel and I'm leaning up against the pew and she's introducing me and the place was packed. I think there was like 600 something and people lining the walls and all six sessions were packed like that. And I, I just wanted to be in bed. I was so exhausted. And she's reading my bio and introducing me. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I need you. As soon as I stepped up, a surge of adrenaline and holy power mm-hmm. overcame me. And I, I stood straight up. I had energy, no symptoms. I had perfect clarity. Wow. And I spoke and then I crawled down and then the sickness came back. All six times that happened. Women were healed in that room. And this was long before I knew much about healing. Women came in, one with a bad back, one out healed. One came in with a sinus infection. She left healed. And a number of these women wrote to me and said they could barely speak for three days, much like my encounter, because they so encountered the tangible presence of God, they could barely move. I felt it too. And there's no explanation for 
the clarity, the power, the energy I had all six times. Well, I went home, I crawled in bed and I'm like, Lord, what was that? I've got to have more of you, Lord. I've got to have more of you. I'm holding a Dixie cup and the ocean remains. I've got to have Mm -hmm. more of you. And I fell asleep and had this vivid dream. And as someone who's battled sleep, dreams did not come too often for me, but this was vivid and it was from the Lord. I don't care what anybody says. (laughs) This was from the Lord. There were people walking back and forth, just oblivious. And right overhead, there were these thunder clouds that clearly in my dream represented the power of God. I knew it. They were purple and smoky gray and white and and there was thunder shooting sideways. And I knew they hovered just overhead of these people and people are walking right underneath them, not aware of the power available. But once in a while, someone would reach up, grab a handful of it and put it on their heart and then walk. Or someone would reach up and put it on their friend and then they'd keep walking. Mm-hmm. Then in a dream, I came upon one woman who just camped there. She reached up on her heart, reached up for her child, reached up for every person walking by and to the point where she's practically glowing because she's just living and camping in the presence of God. And I woke up and I was stunned by the dream. And the Lord whispered to my heart, Susie, most of my children scratch the surface of what I've made available to them. (laughs) And Christina, that changed my prayer life. I'm like, you can have as much of God as you want. And I mean, it ignited a chase. And I tell people, I don't care what anybody thinks about the way I pursue God. I will be facing him alone on that day of account. And I want all, I want everything he has for me. And so those moments when God breaks through, we do well to pay attention, to learn, to listen, and to make our next move based on what he's telling us. Mm-hmm. Are you a new believer in Jesus and don't know where to start? First, let me say welcome to the family of God. It's so important to anchor yourself in the gospel and the finished work of Jesus. This powerful workbook includes foundational gospel truths to anchor your heart in new covenant reality and interactive journaling prompts to begin your relationship with Jesus. This workbook includes teaching based on the Word of God. It will help you understand precisely why you need a Savior, what Jesus has done for you, your new creation life in Him, and how to have a relationship with Him. Journal through the pages to dive deep into the heart of God for you as His child and increase your faith as you learn about our beautiful Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of New Believer Workbook foundational gospel truths to begin your relationship with Christ Jesus today. Links in the show notes, or you can pick up a copy at Amazon or christinapereira.org slash store. I love that dream, Susie. And I just want to say this, you know, the beginning of our show starts with, I hope you are enjoying the continuously flowing favor of his grace. Because if we understand that those rain clouds and that power And that flowing spirit is always above us. We live under an open heaven thanks to the blood of Jesus, thanks to the work of Jesus, thanks to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is always there and available. And the most wonderful thing, Susie, is as we pursue him, he rewards us with more of himself, more of his beauty, more of his love, more of his passion, more of his purpose, more of his favor. I I love that picture you had in your book. And you said, if God is an ocean, we're just cupping our hands. And I just want to say this. I don't want to cup my hands. I want to dive in because when it comes to the spirit of God and the love of God, the healing, the mercy, the only proper stance that we take is to surrender to it and to dive in because this is what's available for every single person, every single 
moment, every single believer, every day. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm. Amen. Woo, I feel that. Mm. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so I want to say this, you know, I often tell people this, have you repented enough to believe that God is good towards you all the time? that his plans and his purposes and his actions and everything he has for you is good. And we have to come to this understanding that when we are immersed into Christ, all of our circumstances and every single thing that we encounter is immersed into Christ. So that Lyme disease gets immersed into Christ. You know, that autoimmune disease, that MS gets immersed into Christ and all of these things. All of these things must work together for our good, transforming us into his glorious and beautiful image. And I'm so thankful for the work of Jesus. Let's talk about the finished work of Jesus on that whipping post and on that cross. Let's talk about that. Hmm. Well, that makes me weak when I think about it, you know, that he was beaten so that we could be whole. By his stripes, we are healed. And uh, how do we live that out? How do we live in the finished work of Christ? In Ephesians, it talks about to know this love is to be filled with the fullness of God and that we are to seek to know it, though it's too great to ever understand it. We are always uh, striving to be filled with other things because we don't know this love. But to know this love is to be filled with the fullness of God. And, you know, when you think of that, we are seated with Christ. I say, when I got a hold of that, that insecurity, as it's not only another form of selfishness, it's based on a lie for the believer. We might have days when we feel insecure, but it literally is an illusion because mm-hmm. you can't be more secure than seated with Christ. And what's amazing is he doesn't yank you from your place at the table because you temporarily forget who you are. What Jesus won for us, and not only securing our eternity, but absolutely winning over our identity and all that that includes is so breathtaking. I feel like we should spend the rest of our life trying to understand what he's won. You know, I often say over my life, the curse is broken. The cross has spoken. Jesus has set me free. The curse has broken. The cross has spoken. Jesus has set me free. Hallelujah. And the most wonderful thing is, is that we don't have to work on that insecurity because in Christ, he killed you off. That's what most people don't understand is He didn't just die for you. He died as you. And so all of that old man, we don't have to work on that anymore. It's dead. You have a new identity in Christ. And it's all based on Jesus. And so I love that you mentioned those days that we falter in our beliefs of who we now are. He doesn't yank us from the table, but he gently reminds us and he says, this is what I've done for you. This is who you are now. And he brings us back. You know, I love that the Bible says that if anyone's overtaken with a fault, gently remind them. And that's what the Spirit of God does. The Spirit of God never comes to accuse, find fault, condemn, or anything like that. He always comes to lift you back up into that place of seated in Christ in heavenly places. Hallelujah. A.W. Tozer said this, it's impossible to keep our moral practices sound and our inward attitudes right while our idea of God is erroneous or inadequate. If we would bring back spiritual power to our lives, we must begin to think of God more nearly as he is. And wasn't it Tozer or Spurgeon who said, what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And Christina, one of my hopes and dreams for this book is that it would be a healing balm for many because it would reintroduce you to the character and the heart of God. 
because he is a healing balm. You know, he is the lover of your soul. He's the savior of your life. I mean, he's your deliverer, your defender, your banner, your shalom. He is every redemptive name you can think of. And we have to remember that in the times in between, in the silent seasons where maybe you can't hear his voice. And there are reasons for that at times. And we can talk about that but not to panic in those times in between, not to second guess, did he change his mind about me? Mm -hmm. Uh, My whole dream and hope of this book is for you to be reminded, I am tethered to a really good God. I am tethered Mm -hmm. to a good God. I'm anchored upward and forward. And he's the one who's able to keep me from falling, right? And he will present me before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. He's the only one, our savior, be majesty, power, and authority, both now and forevermore. Mm, amen. Isn't it wonderful? The anchor holds. Amen. No matter what we're facing, yeah. the anchor holds. You know, and I just want to say this real quickly, and then I'm going to ask you if there's anything burning on your heart. But I want to say this if you're facing an extended battle of sickness or disease, I want to say this God is not angry at you. He loves you. He wants you well. And He is holding you in His hand. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are perfect, perfect kindness, perfect goodness, perfect joy. And I thank you that the Father is not working against the Son. The Father and the Son are working together and the Holy Spirit working together to bring you the greatest wholeness you have ever experienced in your life. And it's a continuously unveiling. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, we are continuously transformed into his image. So thank you for that, Lord. Susie, is there anything burning on your heart you'd like to say directly to our listeners today? Hmm. Well, just what you said, that he loves you. He wants you well. He wants to heal you and restore you and wants you to enjoy such an intimacy with him. It will take your breath away. But the thing is, as they say, life has a way of lifing you. And then you've got a thief, an enemy whose aim is to steal, kill, and destroy And I have a friend who said to me when I was in the middle of that second battle, she said, because I was bracing for impact because the Mm -hmm. unpredictability of these scary symptoms were Mm -hmm. really having their way with me. And I was pretty battered by it, to be honest. And she said, Susie, when you think of God, she says, if your default response isn't this, surely goodness and mercy follow me. Only goodness and mercy are allowed to follow me. She goes, if your default response when you think of God is any different than that, something in you needs to be healed. And something in your thinking needs to be realigned. And I think it's important to note that when you walk through a long-term crisis, mm-hmm. you do start to brace for impact. And you think maybe this is just the natural response of a, a long string of hardships. But what I learned is it really is underneath a mistrust of God. Mm-hmm. And for healing to happen, you can't simultaneously receive all that God has while you're locking your elbows against him because you don't trust him. Because mm-hmm. it really is a mistrust of God. And I'm speaking as someone who's been there. I understand it. But -hmm. if you could start to practice imprinting his love on your heart, practice thinking about God is good. His promises are true. He will always make a way for me. I'm loved. I'm cherished. I'm going to be okay. This is what's burning on my heart is that you imprint his love on your heart in such a way that when the lies come and they're poking at those tender areas, you don't let them in. You make your declaration, your Mm God-given narrative that speaks of who God is and who you are because of who he is. That's really, that will strengthen your heart when you remind your soul what's true and you renew your mind on what's true, that you are the object of his affection and he is going to get you safely home. And as you position yourself kind of on the path of those promises, you literally will see miracles happen as you go. 
Amen. So good. So good. Very good advice. Well, would you pray for our listeners before we go today? Hmm. Father, I pray for that one listening who feels like they've been abandoned by you, that they feel left out of the circle. Lord God, they watch as others possess so easily what they so long to have, whether it's a baby or a spouse, a family, a healthy body, money in the checkbook, whatever it is, but the enemy has convinced them that they're a have not. But Lord, I know this from experience that just because we're in the not yet doesn't mean we are a have not. Hmm. And Lord, that you're going to take what the enemy has meant for evil and you're going to turn it for good. So I pray, Father God, that they would see you in the spirit, draw a circle right around them, that they're in the center of your circle. They don't need any other circle, that their hope comes from you. Their help comes from you. You're the source of every living thing. Every good gift comes from you. And I pray you'd even start now by healing them from the trauma of what they've walked through, healing their soul, making them whole, bringing a peace and a life right here, right now, before circumstances ever change. I pray they would encounter your presence in such a way that they would know that they have you, they have everything. But I also do pray that their eyes would start to see life sprout up, spring up Mm -hmm. all around them, and that you'd start to change the season for them. The provision would start to come. Breakthrough would start to come. That the enemy's plans would come to nothing, Lord Jesus. And they would be standing on their promised land sooner than later. Thank you that you have a good plan to prosper, not to harm them, to give them a hope and a future. May they stay in the race, stay engaged in faith, and trust your love in Jesus' name. Hallelujah and amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with me today. This has been so fun. Mm, Honored to be with you. It's been a great conversation. So good. Well, I hope and I pray today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira, wherever you get your podcasts. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Susie Larson. And be sure to pick up a copy of her new book, Closer Than Your Next Breath. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.